This is the Psychic Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rossiter. I'm an artist, writer, and psychic medium living in Hawaii. This show is about people who are intuitive and creative, and what the process of integrating that awareness looks and feels like, and how we can access and develop that place inside of us all that is supremely psychic. My guest today is Carolyn Castaño. She's a painter and an artist living in Los Angeles. I love her work and I hope you will check it out. Also, we talk about confidence as an artist and growing up in two countries and coming from an immigrant family and how paradigms of power often define what we think is valid to make art about, how we should make art or think about art. And uh, we do a reading for her, uh, which supports her in breaking free of that and aligning herself with love and light so that she can more fully protect her visionary expression and intuition. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. I wanted to share that I'm offering half off for Reiki trainings for December. So this is a wonderful way to connect with a universal healing energy and be able to heal yourself and others immediately. So I would love to share this with you. It's a beautiful training. It's two hours online on Zoom, and it's just one-on-one training. And I share lots of information, help to teach you how to get grounded in your body, to call in angels and guides for protection. I give you a Reiki level one attunement and the training will support you in helping others and yourself to heal and attune with this beautiful light and healing energy that can be so supportive and clear away anything that's not aligned for your highest good. So looking forward to sharing that with you. So please go to sarahroster.com slash Reiki to learn more. So welcome, Carolyn, to the Psychic Artist Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. I love your artwork. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Carolyn Castaño. I'm an artist from Los Angeles. I work primarily in painting, but um, I'm also, I also work in video work and installation and performance pieces from time to time, but I would say my home base is in painting. Um, and so for the past, uh, I don't know how long, maybe uh, five years or four or five years, I've been working off of the landscape as my inspiration. Um, I, uh, my family's from Colombia, South America, and I started to look at um, kind of the history of botanical illustration and landscape painting um, from the colonial era uh, in the Americas, kind of thinking about the role that this, the capturing of the landscape has figured in um, history and in uh, modernism and in capitalism. So I started to work on these landscape drawings, mixing watercolor and gouache and kind of thinking about this like tropical landscape. And so the paintings, 
I call them paintings, although they're on paper. Uh, a lot of them are on paper. Uh, are mixed different landscapes, and some are from observation or from observing, you know, from books and magazines and online material. And then others are more from my imagination and like made up and more cartoony or like bubble, yeah. you know, bubble daisies and. Um, and so I've also, I started mixing in geometric patterns that are from um, kind of a mixture of sources, like from Andean geometry, from textiles of the Americas, which, uh, you know, are, um, you know, oftentimes made by women. So kind of referencing women's work and modernism. And I, with the geometric uh, patterns, I. I'm doing this because uh, I see them as uh, interfering or creating a interruption into the horizontal landscape. That was very like Western or Western European way of creating a landscape. So I'm trying to, to create a different way of interpreting these landscapes. And um, it's almost like creating uh, vortices or vortex vortices or openings into this other way of imagining this landscape. So almost like a sci-fi or otherworldly way of seeing these, these places. That's really beautiful. I love thinking about you in terms of these interventions and collaging almost like you're collecting history and material and translating it through these different lenses and you know, interjecting ideas and your hand is involved in all of it, but it's, it's really diverse and your paintings are so brightly colored and I've always loved them and I've always enjoyed being around them. They have like a, a vibration of their own. I use that word so often lately, I'm trying to use it less, but it's true. Mm -hmm. There's like energy in the color too, that you work with and you're so free with it. And it's really unique. I love it. Well, I would, you know, like there's been um, some, uh, you know, like this, uh, like chromophobia, you know, this, um, you know, this idea that like wet Western European art is, you know, it's very black and white, very gray, very kind of uh, neutral tones. And that there's this fear of um, like full on color, like we don't see like you know, in India, like the festival of color. And, you know, it's like, we're like, ah, color. And so I don't know, I can't stay away from it. I, I feel like when I've tried to use other colors, like I feel like it's not me. Yeah. But I don't know if it's so popular with the, the I know. think it doesn't matter who it's popular with, but it really communicates. It has like a really great feeling when you see your work these plants um, kind of come alive. It's like they're being translated through your, your eyes and your relationship to color. It's really unique. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed when I moved to Kauai, I started being well, or, or even on Maui, I just was really attracted to neon colors. If I had a choice at the paint store, or buying kids paint at target, I was always wanting the neons. Um, I think something about being, in this environment close to the ocean, surrounded by this intense green, these intense flowers, it shifts your interest, your eyes like attuned to other colors. Yeah. 
and location really has an effect or geography on, you know, color. And I remember moving from New York to California in 2000 and just being blown away with the, the light, the quality of the light as a photographer at that time for me was so different. It, it was transformative. It, it's like the light came from somewhere else in California. Right. And I think maybe the European colors come from the darkness that they experience in terms of weather. <laughs> right. That's so cool. And then recently, Carolyn, I follow you on Instagram and you know social media, and I've seen that you're investigating images related to your family and your your mother and father's history. And you know, I think you've been cleaning out a space and. So I'm not all up to date on that, but I, you know, I, I got the impulse to invite you on the show because I love your art, but also to do a reading for you and it, your mother and father came up as something to talk about. So oh, wow. just mention what's been happening for you in terms of that sort of family excavation, that, that layer of history, if that's related to your art, maybe. Sure. I mean, last, uh, year, uh, well, during the full pandemic, I had a show at the Orange County Museum of Art, which was really great uh, on, uh, to have that opportunity and the invitation. And the curator um, of the show, Cassandra Koblenz, um, had come to my studio a few years before, and I, I you know, showed her the paintings, um, but I also showed her, well, I have this, you know, other thing that I've been looking at, and um, basically this cache, cache of uh, boxes of my father's uh, photographs and uh, kind of ephemera from the, the, from the family, photographs that he took and photographs or that he collected. And throughout his life from um, before he immigrated to the US in 1963 from Colombia, until he passed away in 2011. I mean, it's nostalgic, obviously for me or to, I wanna show them to my family, show them to my, finally show them to my family, uh, but also kind of thinking about them in um, relationship to what it, what is a family identity and this I, immigrant family experience. A lot of the, my family, you know, my parents came here in 1960, or 63 and then they um like many immigrants they worked they saved up money they bought a house and then they decided well we did it now let's go back to Colombia where we you know let's go back home and so then they sold everything and we moved back to Colombia and like less than a year they decided we can't we don't want to live here anymore Oh, wow. That's a big realization. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's, and so then, then we moved back and it was kind of like retracing our steps, like one at a time, like my mom came out first, you know, I mean, my dad had come out the first time first, and then she came out a year later. And this time it was like, she came out first with, I came out with her and then my brother and my dad joined and it was kind of rebuilding our lives. Um, and then we've been here ever since. And, but my dad would travel back and forth every year to since then his whole life. And um, 
anyway, the project is kind of about thinking about these images in the landscape, but also the role of people right in the landscape and how the landscape figures in our imagination and our how we we project to our future to our past and so in a lot of the photographs um some are like from you know the 1960s are more formal in the way you know the era was more formal with my dad was wearing like a suit and a tie and he has like a little briefcase yeah. um and so his friend photographed him like overlooking you know the 110 freeway like he's going off to work um and so i see them in his imagination or like the thought bubble behind him is like he's thinking of where he left but he's also projecting where he's going yeah um, and of course i mean he came and they my parents worked in factories and wherever they could get work for a while and so he told the story of showing up wearing a suit to like a some kind of factory and the the foreman telling him oh you know come back when you're you can't come to work dressed like that come back when you're ready to when you're dressed for work and so wow. he came back home and went and like got some jeans at sears and 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 his identity yeah. for that job yeah. it also sounds like the location it, like you're reflecting on how location affects one's identity and expression of like the the place will sort of affect your sense of self or your sense of future possibility right. yeah that's amazing so um now where are you at with those images are they uh, do you feel they're an artwork or is this an archive? Yeah, well, that's what um, I'm kind of trying to figure out. So I'm hopefully getting another chance to show it at um, Pasadena City College Art Gallery mm -hmm. um, in March. Um, so which will be great. And so I'm hoping that more people will see it and also more people from my family who, you know, yeah. I wanted them to see uh, it. So yeah, I mean, I think of it as I'm trying to figure out what, how it plays in with my practice until this point with the paintings. For this show, I'm, I'm um, just kind of thinking of how I can use the photographs and in, in the artwork in different ways, like in, yeah. in silk screening or in other, in paintings. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, either the work is changing or maybe it's its own little uh, thing in its own bubble. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a lot of possibility there. And sometimes you print on fabric, too. Yeah. Yeah, like I've I've printed um, the drawings and the, the kind of landscapes on fabric and have made other things like uh curtains and um an upholstered chair um and those um you know those were kind of came out of when I was pregnant with my first uh son and you know you know as being you know when you're a mom and time and an artist time is limited sometimes or daytime is limited and so at nighttime, when everybody would go to sleep, I would work on the kitchen table. 
and I call them feminine, uh, kitchen feminist paintings. Um, but of course my kitchen table is only like not that big. And so I could make my drawings, but I, it came about, about that five years ago when also digital printing really took off like uh, fabric printing and uh, in a more accessible way for regular, you know, consumers, not, you know, big giant fashion company. And so I was able to approach these printers and print my, my watercolor drawing, but, and make it into a 25 foot uh, curtain. Yeah. Um, and so that was really exciting. And it kind of opened a little bit of, you know, uh, another way of working and a way of stretching the practice to be other things. So I could make this, you know, humble or small drawing on my kitchen table. And then I could make it do all these, you know, kind of more bang for my buck. Yeah. Uh, which, it up in a way. And, yeah. and cre- like, it's almost like, again, interjecting something very small and personal into a bigger arena. And mm-hmm. it's really beautiful and powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling like this is um, so much fodder, but I wonder if you're ready to have a, a reading. Would you like sure. that? Sure. Okay, cool. I'm ready. So I'm going to call on my angels and spirit guides and Carolyn's angels and spirit guides, specifically Archangel Michael, Haniel, Zachiel, Azrael, Metatron, Uriel, Dophiel, Shamuel, Ariel, Gabriel, Raphael, Seraphiel, Aquariel, Kuan Yin, Joan of Arc, and St. Germain. And also St. Francis of Assisi is wanting to be with us. So welcome angels and guides of the love and light. Thank you so much. Please make this a safe space, increase clairvoyance and psychic ability, and may whatever comes through be for the highest good of all. Carolyn, can you say your name three times for me? That would help. Carolyn Castano. Carolyn Castano. Carolyn Castano. Thank you. Angels and guys, what can you share with Carolyn today that would be helpful? Okay, we're so excited for your artwork. It's lovely to be here with you. And your path is like a, it's this little meandering path up a mountain side. I see like an image of a very steep peak and you're, um, you're climbing your way up. You're like a hiker with a hiking stick <laughs> and you're, you're enjoying the landscape along the way. There's flowers. It's like you're, you know, you're in the Alps or something. And, and so you know that you're on this, this climb, but you're also enjoying every step of the way. And that's really important. And, um, allows you to see the path before you and it's this sort of squiggly line but also um, to pause and like look out at the terrain the view it's almost like I'm in one of your landscapes that you're describing Mm -hmm. angels and guides what would be helpful to share with Carolyn about the view the view is your ability to take stock in your surroundings and your unique assessment of what is around you is a, um, a great skill. And so you're like an interpreter and you can explain to people who don't see that, maybe who don't see in the way that you see 
um, that you should have great confidence in your abilities to express these things because it's um, you have this unique ability that other people don't actually share. So I think there may have been times in your life where you felt like, oh, maybe I'm weird or I'm not, um, I'm not normal or I'm not like maybe not trusting what you get. Um, but in fact, you're really intuitive and tuned in and you have this, you know, especially as an artist, but just as in your own being and your way of perceiving the world is a really special and unique gift. And you should be fearless in expressing your view of things, you know, mm -hmm. and people will kind of sometimes look at it and be drawn in, be curious, but they won't understand it. And it takes them a little bit to come to your way of seeing things. Um, and so you may, as a child or a younger person, have perceived that as um, like an invalidation of you, but actually it's just they're catching up to your vision. Um, so angels and guides, what else can I share about confidence and vision? So they say uh, confidence and vision are qualities to hone, um, it, to make them your focus, to think, you know, uh, I, what I hear is I am great and I can see. So almost like a mantra, <laughs> like giving yourself that validation, like I am great, this, this vision is accurate, it's important to share, and I can see it. And then you, as an artist, you translate that vision for others to participate in when they're ready, but that you have this um, innate ability that's super um, important and valuable. Do you have any questions that you want me to ask specifically? Oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> Or how does that resonate with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that sounds really um, accurate, kind of uh, sort of how I've been feeling. Like, um, I guess when you say I'm, I'm taking notes here. So, um, you know, to take a moment and pause and l look around and kind of take taken the landscape or taken what's happening. Um, I think that that so many times I'm just like, so worried, like getting through the day or the, the, the goals that I, you know, don't always like stop to maybe enjoy the flowers or to take in the good stuff that is, that is happening or, or, um, but also when you're saying like, uh, confidence or, and to be confident in, in my vision or to be confident. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I do have like some crazy idea, I, not crazy, but you know, there's crazier, but you know, my ideas or things that I wanna do. And then um, sometimes from you know, friends or loved ones, I'm looking for that validation and people don't always get what I'm trying to do. And so they, they don't give me positive validation or other times other people do. And, um, 
you know, like with my last show, I was asking different friends, like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or asking the internet, you know, get which it. artwork is better and no one can give you the answer. And, and, you know, half said this A and half said B. And then I'm like, and I still just want to do A and B. And so I'm like, oh, so lately I've, you know, that becomes exhausting. And I just was like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And if I don't, if they don't like, people don't like it, then who cares? You know, like, yes, that's important. Not everybody, you know, or, or if I don't, and of course you're going to get validation from whatever you do that you feel is the, you know, you know, you know, when something's not working and then if the validation is like, ah, you kind of know that, that why, but if you really like something or, or like, you know, a lot of times before I jump in and make work, I like spend a lot of time, like kind of reeling and thinking about these, my ideas or this or that, or I want to do this. And then it takes me a long time to pull the trigger. But once I do, or no, then, and I'm in it, and I see like, oh, it is working out. Usually, sometimes it doesn't, but usually I'm like, oh, I totally, you know, it is working out to be something. I don't know if, you know, I'll be in Gagosian <laughs> or that I want to be, but, you know, but it'll feel good to me. So, yeah, all of this really resonates for me listening to you. And what I heard is that you are a visionary. And because of the context that you find yourself in, this modern structure of the art world, it's very disempowering. And so we're taught not only as women, um, and also for you, like coming from an immigrant family and, um, you know, being a mom, there's all these ways in which we're taught to ask others for approval or look to the larger culture for uh, direction and, and follow along to assimilate, to um, get permission to um, find out who we are in relation to others, because they see me, then that must be me. And, and what I'm feeling for you is to really um, develop a practice that is completely insular, that does not take any guidance or input from the outside, because you have so much inner wisdom, but you're a bit cut off from it just because of the context that you grew up in and that you find yourself in now, especially in this art world. So um, if you could imagine, and also I got clearing of energy and voices in your head so that you can be really clear on who's speaking to you and what, what is yours. And also um, for you to connect to that part of yourself that has clarity. Um, So what practices, angels and guides, what would be supportive to Carolyn in terms of connecting to her inner guidance they say speak with us we're here for you (laughs) so um i don't know what your relationship is to angels but the um the guidance that uh, comes through can be very simple and clear and i think the first step is angels and guides is it clearing yes so first step is just to um in any time of day, any place, 
that feels good to you to say, um, you know, I intend to clear my energy so that I'm only hearing from those that have my highest good at heart. So um, the thoughts in our heads can come from all kinds of places. And often we think they're our thoughts or we think they're right or we feel swayed by them. But if we clear our energy first, it's like taking a shower every day we bathe. So this is like the energy body is um, full of information. And if we clean it every day, then the information will be more pure and aligned for us. Um, So uh, find a practice that works for you. I could suggest just closing your eyes and asking, let's just try it right now. So Angels and guides, could you please guide us in clearing Carolyn's energy? So imagine a grounding cord. That's what they're showing me for you. So a grounding cord going down into the earth. And release anything there that's not aligned for your highest good. So the angels are actually assisting in releasing anything that's a dark energy, an entity, a cord, some attachment from another person. It could be good or bad, but in any case, anything not aligned with your highest good goes down that cord. If you can imagine it, a thick cord that goes deep into the earth from the base of your energy body, the base of your spine. It's almost like you breathe in and when you breathe out, you let it go. And you may have the sensation of things falling away or thoughts may come up. Sometimes it's just watching them go. And when that feels complete, asking the angels to cut that cord and let it fall to the earth so you're no longer connected to those things. And now if you think of your body as a vessel, a container, and you're, you know, sealed at the bottom, you can ask the angels to open your crown chakra at the top of your head and pour in some beautiful, colorful angel light. So the vibration of color in, you know, I'm seeing white, I see neon yellow, I see pink for you, (laughs) filling that space of your whole being, starting at your toes and filling up from your feet to your legs until you're just this being of light and it flows up into your hips and fills your belly and fills your torso and spills out into your arms and fills up your fingertips. Whatever color light that you feel right now fills up your upper arms into your shoulders and your neck and then it fills your face and head with this light and then it comes out the top of your head into the space between you and not you and just fills in all the space around you. This is like your aura, your, the protective area around you. If we fill that with light, then you'll have this sort of insulated space in which to be present without any worry that energetically something might be interfering. And then asking the angels to fill that space with this beautiful light And put a shield of protection around that. Archangel Michael, please put your blue shield of protection all around our energy body. So you're like in an egg or a bubble. 
And then from that space, if you sit for even a minute a day in that space and you can ask yourself a question like, is it aligned for me to do this artwork in this way? Or is this, um, is there a message for me? Angels and guides, do you have a message for Carolyn about her artwork? You should go forward with great vigor, they say. Uh-huh. <laughs> and with enthusiasm and confidence comes up again. So if you really consider yourself a visionary, like um, a painter who, you know, in a hundred years, they're going to show your work at the Guggenheim. I mean, I wish for you that they'll do this next year, but imagine in this scenario that you will be considered a visionary in history, but right now in this moment, you haven't given yourself that validation internally. So if you knew that to be true, that you have this unique gift that no one else has, and you could share it from your heart, what sort of energy would you bring to your practice if you were 100% validated right now? And the angels and guides say that you are, and your work is so important, and it's wonderful, and they love it, and it's exciting. And so from that place, if you use those eyes, those glasses to see yourself in the studio, how would you operate differently? It's like a great big permission (laughs) to be fully yourself. Do you have any questions or thoughts? How did that feel to you to be in that clear space? Did it feel Uh, different? Yeah, no, it felt great. Um, I guess it's, um, I like that, um, you know, idea of like sitting and, and kind of making an intention of clearing uh, a way or clearing the kind of, I mean, the way I'm seeing it is like clearing the palette, right? And, and just letting like the good energy or the good ideas like, um, grow grow right and manifest and, them and believing in in them um i mean i think of like when you have um you know a show when an artist has a show and the curators or the institution the place you know or your friend you know whoever's putting it on are like yeah 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 do do this do that do whatever you want. That's all great. And then you do it and it's so fulfilling to get that validation, but artists don't always have that. Right. And so we have to find that. Yeah. From inside. And so what if you just felt that kind of enthusiasm and that validate, you know, that big green light of that love, the big green light of love, you know, like you can do it. Yeah. Um, without worry if whether it's the right thing or how people are going to see it or or sell or you know yeah so what if so you know they just gave you the green light of love Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel do you see yourself 
doing, making a different choice in the studio or coming to the studio in another way or to connecting with that part of yourself? How does that feel? Um, it feels good. I guess it feels like when I go to the studio, like not approaching it with, um, you know, trepidation or like worry that I'm not focusing on the right thing that actually maybe what I want kind of trusting what I want to do um in yeah and worrying about uh, you know I mean a professor of mine from grad school who's you know the big name in in the art world well, you know, there's like just all this pressure to like, oh, you have to like, what is the reason or what is the, you know, behind, before you get started. And a lot of artists get bogged down with that. And it can be so handicapping when it just kind of takes the pleasure out of making it or that in, that kind of intuitive magic that you, you know, you get to make some crazy thing you have to justify it before even making it and seeing what it is and and he said oh just just make it and then we can you know figure out what it means later you know and I'm sure you know some folks would roll around and <laughs> say no but um there is some wisdom to that you know because it's in a way it's also saying trust that you know you know what it means it does mean something and figuring it out what it means and the, the story behind it yeah it's kind of evolving too and can come as you make the piece but how can you know what it really is without making it just trusting that you know that kind of in intuition about it yeah intuition is coming up really strong with you it's like it got disconnected and this happens for so many artists even in art school or from childhood to adulthood where the voice inside of us that says, yeah, I want to do this or the impulse or the knowing of how it's going to be, whether you see it all in your mind before you do it, or you're just drawn to a certain color or a material, or you're like, I just have to work with this thing. I don't know what yet that intuition, that inner voice is a conversation that can be developed and honed and expand. And I would say essentially that's what my podcast is about. When I say the word psychic, that's basically what I mean. It's like connecting to a truthful inner voice that gives me guidance. And then as an artist, how does that function? You know, I'm not just using psychic abilities to choose my next home, but I'm using it to move forward creatively. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like um, intuition, inner guidance, knowing, um, connection to the divine, talking to angels, feeling confident in your impulses, um, connecting with um, guidance or, or just having permission to play and enjoy mm -hmm. and love what you do are so, so important for us to give extra emphasis to because they're disqualified by most of the systems that we participate in in society and in the art world so that's really what i'm hearing for you is this like building your castle of 
of your fortress of creativity and that it includes this in, this value of your intuition and of your thoughts and your inner world is very precious and so how can we protect it so that you can really expand and make your work um it's almost like your your guardian angel or your future self like the your highest self is loving you and saying like i want to protect this space because you're you're on this path and don't let anyone get you off that path you know continue and um i think even the getting the validation from the art museum curator example it's so it's even that is short lived because it's dependent on the outside world to say yes or no. And so we can't be swayed by the no. And so should we even be swayed by the yes? You know, I think it's okay to enjoy it and great, but knowing deeply inside that you're okay with the work and that it came from your authentic sense of what you wanted to do and having like giving yourself all this time and space to investigate it because you're growing this sort of body of work has a great power of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just see it as super exciting and magnificent. And I just want to transfer that idea to you and hope that it supports you. I love what you said, said about, you know, having this validation from the curator, or whoever, you know, it's like that, what would it, what, that um, yes, the, being confident in the no being okay with the no, but also that the yes, not really needing the yes, basically, that the the yes is part of the no, right? And it's a paradigm of looking outside of ourselves and everyone's going to have an opinion. Right. Not needing the yes. The, The yes has to just come from within because part of the no, then the other side is the yes. And part of the yes is the no. It's very subjective, you know, um, which which curator is going to so what the angels were seeing it's like um i could say carolyn i love your work and that could make you feel good for a second it's like sprinkling sugar on top of something but but you are the cake like (laughs) you just should know that you're the cake like you don't need my sprinkling on top in in essence and that um that can only come from your connection to source inside of you to your highest self to your creative passion, your fire, that you can develop a practice that really supports your mind in letting go because it, it comes naturally through you. Like it's a fountain of creativity that comes out of you. And it's only when it gets filtered through the mind that it starts to get disjointed or fragmented, or you say no to things because I don't have any other example of that around me. And that's part of being a visionary creative person is that it's not been done before. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to find the validation for it. It's kind of a magical process. Right. And I feel like in talking with angels, if that feels aligned to you or any kind of being of the love and light that is aligned for your highest good, whatever that is, you can, um, use that as a reference point. It's almost like humanity has not caught up with you. So we can go to higher dimensions for 
validation and check-in and like guidance to support what we're doing in the human form. And I don't know. What, what do you think of that? I like it. <laughs> it's a little um, bit what you're doing with your paintings. You know, you're bringing in these geometric forms. You're looking outside of the traditional structure, mm -hmm. the history. You know, we're on the precipice of a new time. Everything is new. So right. we put so much emphasis on the past, on how things were done and seen in the past, that this is how things are done now. But actually, as creators, we're really creating the the next the new it's a, a new paradigm a new way of looking and being and there's no rules and all it's all good <laughs> you know and you could contextualize it later like your teacher said like figure it out what it means later or you could just skip that step and just keep going and mm -hmm. let other people figure out what they think of it later right i think um less um less critical mind and more um, optimistic, enthusiastic doing is the program that I'm hearing for you. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's liberating and so much more will come from it. Um, I feel in some way like you've been squeezing yourself and holding yourself back a little bit, trying to fit into boxes, which is totally understandable and have so, so much compassion for that. But it's just a, um, a sort of habitual way that we learn to be and don't really need to do it because no one's going to come along and say, Carolyn, that's so wrong. You cannot paint that way. Like no right. one's going to do that. Everyone is just curious what you're going to do next. Right. No, one, no one really has any authority over you. You're such a free agent, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you need to make a living, but the great thing about art is it's possible to make a living doing something totally new that no one's ever seen or done before. <laughs> right. That's part of the, the romance of the artist is the, um, the visionary aspect. Mm -hmm. So I think just own it, move into your visionary persona and, you know, you're so already much, you have these qualities already. I'm just saying the ones that are not supporting your, exuberant creativity are um, sort of extra baggage that aren't helping you. So we can right. clear that and just say, no, thank you. And I also get return to sender with love. So um, your father's energy, your family lineage, the society you grew up in, the, some of the art world energy, you can, when you do this meditation, when you get clear on internal messages you can also say I, all those other ones i release them no thank you with love like it's not that they're right or wrong they're just not serving you right now right because you are your uh, there's a word that i want to use and it escapes me because i'm still learning about it but it has to do with autonomy sovereign so right. you, it's your sovereigns you your sovereign space you are sovereign in your energetic creative field your being is only yours and so if that is the case how do you want it to operate mm -hmm. what sort of permission do you give to yourself to express 
And I see you as super, um, well, I see a diamond shape and um, there's light coming down from the top of the diamond and filling into the space and has different colors of a prism and it's very dynamic. I like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think more exploration of those ideas for you and your work would um, like you're having a conversation with your higher self, with that part of you that has so many ideas to express. And so I think, um, as strange as it may sound, being more insular energetically and creatively could serve you. Maybe experiment with that for a little while and see. Yeah. Not that you can't post on social media and show people and talk to people, but not having that be any measurement right that affects you it's almost like you've got a wall around you a wall of white light and um those things will come at you and they'll just sort of bounce off and you can see them and enjoy them or not enjoy them but they're over there and your space is still sovereign creative um unique to your you know your interests and your these threads that you're following mm-hmm. And things will just, you know, come out of you. Like you might just get inspired to paint with a certain color. And this way, there won't be that voice that says, how is this going to be perceived? Right. And that voice will be on the outside of that wall of light. And on the inside, you can just make and make and make and decide later. Right. How you feel about it. And that is like a really nourishing process for you as an artist to be able to just freely express without judgment or criticism um, and just decide later what how you want it if you want to share it if you don't want to share it like this to really give yourself permission because you I feel like you're you're so talented and and brilliant so to give yourself permission to just like open the doors some more right I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I, when you were saying, look, return to sender with love and just, you know, I mean, this is in a, you know, and, and you're like the, the father, like family. And, you know, sometimes I wonder like, oh, you know, am I looking, you know, I'm looking at these using these photographs I mean there's they're really beautiful and there's a lot there but it's also like you know there was some some baggage and some you know like why why do I feel like I have to return to this and mm-hmm. you know like can they just be in the in the the family you know in the trove you know Should we look at that do you want me to ask about it sure <laughs> So angels and guides, what can you share about Carolyn working with these photographs from her dad? Is it aligned for her highest good? I get a no. Um, and can you tell us more? It's not aligned for your highest good, but it's aligned for him. <laughs> so he wants to express and that he was not able to fully express his creative work 
the photographs hold that energy for him. And so you are a very loving, caring person and you want to help him. And so you, you found his unexpressed creative energy and you're like, okay, let me bring you, bring you along and, and share you with the world. And so that could be a single act, but I think to integrate it into your creative process is actually energetically holding you back a little bit. Um, and wow. so um, take that for what you will. I mean, it's up to you to decide, but what the angels are showing me is like a, a box of his work and you could put his work in the box and you could take it out and look at it and appreciate it like you do any other artist and then put it back in the box because right. he's energetically corded into you. So you could also ask the angels to work on clearing those cords for you so that you can really be in your power. And also not that he's bad or anything. That's what people do with each other. They're, we're all trying to connect and we send out cords when we want to connect with other people's energies and, um, it's just a daily practice for us to keep ourselves clear to say, you know, I retract any cords that I've accidentally sent out and I clear any cords that are attached to me so that I can be clear that I'm operating from my highest good, from my attuned space, that this is my offering and I'm not channeling someone else's. Um, so for example, that's why I choose to work with angels and spirit guides that are aligned for the highest good of all. So I just always say of the love and light or the highest good, mm -hmm. because there's so many beings energetically in the world that we can't see people who have passed on people who are enlightened people, you know, all kinds of energy beings. I don't even know, but I know that if you're clear on your intention, that it helps you to stay on that path and not get sidetracked into um, coming from other people's. I mean, just a simple example, if I'm wondering, is this choice right for me or that choice, right? Should I send my daughter to this school or that school? If I'm reading the text from the person that wants her to come to that school, I'm in their energy field and I will get an answer that says yes to go there. But if I put the phone down and I take a few minutes and I clear my energy and I release like we did with that grounding cord and I send it back and I go return to sender with love. No, thank you. I'm sending your energy back to you and I have my energy and we're two separate beings. And then I ask the angels for guidance. I'll hear a no. <laughs> Right. so and it's not a judgment that that person was bad it's just it's not in alignment for me and my family right now um so i feel like that practice has been so eye-opening for me it just blows my mind and i often need the help of another psychic or energy worker or somebody to help me clear mm -hmm. as i'm learning how to do this for myself so that i can get guidance that's truly aligned for my highest good and that way i am able to move forward more quickly and not get caught up in things that are super interesting and have lots of karmic and energetic connections i'm like oh i gotta go see that person i've you know been working out with them for multiple lifetimes i want to go check that out again right. um it's super interesting, but is that really serving what your purpose is to be here right now? Mm -hmm. um, and so that makes it easier to decide when you're like, 
I love that flavor of ice cream, but it's just not going to make me feel good. Right. <laughs> so it starts to become easier when you see what the exchange rate is. Hmm. That's interesting. Choosing to make the work with, you know, your family photographs is super interesting, but it's not angels and guides. Is this accurate? Is it aligned for her highest good her, of her artwork? Yeah, it's not aligned for the highest good of your artwork. So it's like in service to someone else. Right. That's uh, funny because my, um, well, my friend in, uh, who lives in Spain, I mean, he, he really liked the, the work in the show, but he said, oh, did you, you gave him credit, right? And I actually didn't give him, I mean, I speak about him all over the show and the statement and the descriptions, but not like by, you know, his name. And I was like, oh no, I should do that because this is actually his work. And then I thought like, what does it mean to be like taking his work? I mean, he was an artist, an, uh, you know, undeclared artist too and so what does it mean that I'm just like appropriating his work and using it and and so yeah so I'm like well I'm more like sharing it or drawing it attention to it or making comparisons you're framing it yeah I'm kind of putting it reframing it for the world and and sharing it which is um I mean, I, you know, I think it's, there were like over, there's over 4,000 photographs. Um, I get that it would be helpful to you to give them to somebody else to organize and to hold energetically, that it is a big responsibility. And you can see that there is this whole possibility there, right? Because you're a visionary artist and you can see how things could happen, but your energy really is mm, important to keep for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it would be okay to hire somebody else to take care of that archive and to do something with it. And there may be a place in LA that wants to share it or show it historical society or, a, or an online, I even saw like a website that could be just the images. It could be scanned. It could create, you could create a project from it, but that to conceive of it as separate from your artwork would support you more. Right. And um, I feel your father's energy coming through and he's quite pleased with it. (laughs) He thinks the show in Orange County was just wonderful. And he's quite pleased and grateful to you for doing that. Um, So, but we have the right to, to decide how we want to interact with the spirits of our ancestors. And a lot of times there will be patterns in the DNA of um, suffering or unfulfilled dreams or the um, inability to operate at the level at which they felt they were um, entitled to or capable of, you know, his dreams were squelched by the context that he was in. He came to work in a suit <laughs> and they wanted him to go dress down and be a worker with a t-shirt. So it's like his greatness. Um, that was part of his life lesson, his his karmic experience, his journey is that that was his, but yours is quite different. You're more like a beautiful flower that's growing in this garden and 
and you have um, a direct connection to source and you have this ability to express um, on this totally different level that's not hindered by societal constraints, you know, just because of who you are, but also the time in which you were born. So for you to fully express yours is actually going to be better for him, both as a parent and as another being that you have energy with, you're going to show him how it can be done. And, you know, if you, if you believe in multiple lifetimes and having a reincarnation, I'm sure you guys will meet again and he will learn from your ability to fully express. Um, and I think the angels are just showing me that box to put his photographs in like a metal box and you can close it and that it can not interfere with you on this energetic, emotional level where you're like, oh, but I have a duty or I should, or I could instead really what's aligned for Carolyn's highest good in terms of creative energy. And so you could hold it in your mind that might help you to make a decision is like, hold the box of photographs on one hand. And what does that feel like? if you spent time with that in your studio or in your work or in your future shows, giving that your energy and then, you know, so just note in your mind, what does that feel like? And then on the other hand, hold your paintings, your drawings, um, whatever performative stuff, like all that other stuff we were talking about that you're kind of excited about. And that what we were talking about energetically with being inside that bubble of what would that be like? And how does, how does that feel? So it's even just a feeling in your body that gives you the guidance of what, what's going to be aligned for you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share? Or is that just your experience? Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I have to think, about it and kind of okay. do that meditation but I just you know as I'm hearing you speak you know I was just kind of reflecting on how even though like I I'm um, even though the show did not really get to be seen the way I wanted it to be seen or I felt you know kind of sadness or like like a sort of like a a, a loss know, like a, like a kind of yeah like a missed opportunity and a a feeling that I want to you know I'm like oh I want to I, I feel like unrequited love like I still have to show it somewhere and um because it didn't really get to be seen but then now I have you know I'm uh, technically I'm on sabbatical and so I as part of my sabbatical to my college that I'm going to work off of this work, this, this archive. And now I'm on sabbatical and I haven't really been wanting to do it. Like, I feel like even though it didn't really get seen, I feel like I did it and it was enough in a way. Yeah. And it is going to be seen again in a, but a different, I'm reworking some of the things and making it more my own. But I feel like it'll be like, I, I, I am more excited about this, my, my paintings, you know, my, my own work, than kind of like processing these photographs and, yeah, you know, I don't know. So, 
And it's okay. That's okay. That's great. That's a great awareness that you just got that if it's not exciting you, then there's either resistance to something that's really important for you to go through, or it's actually a reflection of it's not feeling aligned. So um, the resistance part, I don't feel is really applicable here because you're, you were willing to go through it and you've already done a show. And what I got when I considered those two for you, psychically, I saw the, the box as this heavy weight that was almost sinking down into the ocean, like an anchor mm-hmm. a box of photographs. And then the artwork, when I contemplated you in your studio, making your paintings, it went right up into the sky. It felt very light and bubbly and, and lighthearted. So I think that it's okay for you to be aware of that without having to engage it. Right. And that's, and I get that validation too, from my angels and spirit guides that that's really your path up the mountain. The image that we saw in the beginning is of you traversing this mountain and you'll see things along the way, but you're really on your path. Um, And so his photographs could be, you know, one pit stop that you made along the way and you camped out for a little bit and you had a show, but it's not really your, your trajectory has got a different quality to it. Right. And it's okay because we'll meet people along the way. Um, And, but when they're energetically corded into us, it can cause a lot of confusion and we start to feel indebted to them or we need to do something for them or else you know, they'll be disappointed in us or, um, yeah, the expectation or the sense of duty is very strong. And so I think energetically add that to your practice of sending back energy to your parents, like, no, thank you with love. I don't have to hold your emotions for you. They, we each have our own sovereign space in which our emotions get to be. And I I'm responsible for mine. Right. And that's good for other people. When you send it back to them, then they can work on it. Mm-hmm. Even though they may not be alive, there's still a soul um, that will continue to work on that. And uh, it's good to, to cut the cords and send them back so that they can make progress on their path. Right. I like that. Uh, when, uh, use of sovereign you know like i'm a sovereign you know sovereign being a sovereign being and sovereign woman you know sovereign artist and i think uh you know a lot of times like women or you know artists of being artists of color and a woman um you know we come up or maybe I remember when I was a younger artist, a young artist coming into, you know, art school for the first time, not feeling like a sovereign, not feeling like I had a right to be there or to my, you know, that my ideas were valid, you know, where someone else could come in and be like, I'm going to do this. And, and they're like, yay, you did it. You're, you're, you know, you have ideas. And I never felt like I had a right to that. And being in grad school also. um, And it's, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to 
even, you know, I still feel that way. Like I'm like a little artist, but you know, yeah, uh, but I, but I, but I've gotten, I've progressed a lot. You know, I feel as I'm, you know, getting older and just have been around kind of the, the world now, like a while that, and I've seen a lot of things and then see how things repeat or how things are just the way people are treated or, you know, I, now that I'm a teacher and I have my students and, and so I see how some of the things that I did were how brave I was and I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but somehow I knew what I was doing or I was being very brave. And so I'm just trying to continue to be brave. <laughs> yeah. So while you were talking, I had, saw images of Ana Mendieta's work. She's one of my favorite artists from when I was younger in art school. And even her work where she went, I think, where, where did she go? Mexico to take photographs in the earth where she sort of dug out sand and put her body in and created these sort of forms that were very like earth goddess looking images. Um, I admired her work so much, but sometimes when I look at those images, I would catch myself thinking, oh, that's not art in the sense that is validated by the Western academy that I'm involved in, you know, the art school that tells you what's what, um, what's considered serious artwork. And, and so think how brave she was to break with the art school that she went to the philosophy, the pedagogy of what is right and what is valid and go and like dig in the sand and the dirt on her own and take photographs. I think she was in her twenties when she did that work and, and just kind of like, follow that inner voice that was telling her I need to connect with the earth in this way and communicate this message. Um, And I feel like something about that is, you know, important for us to consider here, like you, and now unfortunately she's dead and we look back and we see her work and it's become more, you know, institutionalized and she's celebrated, but still the message of her vision is quite strong and it still is incongruent with the popular narrative of what fine art making is. And so I think for you to place yourself in this category of visionary artist, creator, you know, woman, mother, wise person, um, um also your cultural heritage and your your the messages that come that are quite positive from ancestry or location or understanding color and light and nature and terrain is all like it's such a beautiful abundant bunch of stuff that you get to work from and if you if you knew that this was your unique um sort of passage of of time in which you get to express these ideas however you want and that there was going to be really profound for people who experienced it I think you would give yourself more permission to to go for it you know because it's just unfortunate that we're in a a situation where people don't approve of us but so many of our 
childhood and past life experiences were constituted of these difficulties as well. And look how much we've grown and look how brave you are despite them. Like we've, we've all experienced things that just seemed insurmountable or so um, upsetting that how could anyone continue? And yet we resiliently figure out how to integrate that experience and create something new. It's right. um, very healing too, to, to trust yourself, to have, to be empowered enough to just say what you think and, and say, well, no one said that I should be here, but I believe I should. So this is what you get. <laughs> but I hear you about, you know, I can totally see, you know, arriving in art school or, you know, in the art world and not seeing anyone who's doing anything like you are and not seeing anyone who, and not being taught or shown as a young person, how to be confident or how to have permission to be sovereign in our space. And some people do grow up with that and they arrive on a totally different playing field. Right. Um, But they don't have the unique expression that you do. So it's just a different, different way of being. Mm -hmm. This has been really lovely to connect with you. So I'm just going to thank the angels and spirit guides for being with us today and ask that they give you really clear guidance and support going forward. And I sort of see them whispering in your ear and giving you ideas. (laughs) Thank you, angels, and sending lots of love and light to you. To learn more about Carolyn's work, you can go to carolyncastano.com or on Instagram at carolyncastanostudio. Thank you for listening to the Psychic Artist Podcast. To learn more about me, you can go to sarahrossiter.com on Facebook at the Psychic Artist Podcast and on Instagram at srossiterstudio. Thank you for listening and many blessings.